And as I was praying about what to preach on, I kept coming back to parenting. Not because I'm an expert on parenting, because I am not. And I'm not preaching on parenting because I have all these new insights to offer you, because I don't. Now, the reason God has put in my heart to preach on parenting is because of what I'm hearing from our people. Some of y'all know that we take time every Tuesday and pray over every prayer request that you write on those connect cards. And you may say, well, how do y'all do that? Well, we'll come in and divide those out. We end up with about five or six a piece that we have, requests that you have written down. And then we go to little groups, groups of three or four, and we pray. We pray for those requests out loud. So I'm praying the five requests that I have. I'm hearing the five requests from a person in my group and another five requests from a person in my group. So a total of 15, and if there's four in our group, 20 prayer requests that I'm hearing every week. And over the weeks and months, the prayer request that I'm hearing more and more is this. I want you to pray for my son or my daughter or my grandson or my granddaughter who's not walking with the Lord. Pray for them. Pray that they'll stop loving the things of this world and turn their hearts back to you. Pray for those who just played the game their whole life. Pray they'll give their life to Jesus Christ. Again, we're hearing these prayer requests more and more, parents and grandparents. And when I read these prayer requests, I hear the heartbreak in each parent and grandparent as they're asking prayer for the child, the grandchild that they love so very much. I know some of you this morning are in some difficult family situations. Maybe it's with a wayward child. Maybe it's a child that's now all of a sudden making bad choices. It could be a lot of things. But I know there are some difficult family situations out there. I know some of you also are looking at not only spiritual problems in your family, but also physical problems. I look around this room. Some of y'all have dealt with and are dealing with some serious medical issues with your child. Wondering what's going to happen in the future. There's also families that are praying because their child, their grandchild is facing some behavior issues, some addictions. Teenagers addicted to pornography. Adult children addicted to alcohol, prescription drugs, whatever it may be. And you feel like as a parent, you must do something. So you pray. But you feel like and seem like those prayers you're offering up are going unanswered. And you find yourself walking alone on a difficult path 
wondering if God has forgotten you and if God has forgotten your child. You need someone to help. You need someone to turn to for guidance and strength because you are overwhelmed with what is going on in your life. You need God to work in your life and you need God to work in the life of your child or your grandchild. Let me tell you something. Parenting is hard. And some of you young folks, you're going to realize that one day. Parenting is hard. And no matter what stage your child is, is in, infant, preschool, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, adulthood, it doesn't matter what stage your child is in. Parenting is hard. I know some of you out there going, well, you know what? Things are good in my house. Things are good with my kids. Well, praise God. Because I tell people all the time, you're in one of three places. You're in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're getting ready to head into a storm. So rejoice while you can, because those storms are coming. may not be tomorrow, but they're coming. And when you're in those storms, so many times you just don't know what to do for your child or for your grandchild, depending on the situation they're in. And you find yourself wondering, is God even hearing me? I want you to understand this. God knows what's going on. And God is oftentimes at work in that situation and you're totally unaware of it. I love what Paul David Tripp said. He said, God hasn't just sent you to do his work in the lives of of your children. He will use the lives of your children to advance his work in you. I can testify to that. God's done some work in me through my kids. I've learned to pray more. I've learned to lean on him more. It's a great, that's a great quote to keep in perspective and, and keep reminded of. Well, this morning we're going to look at a passage. A passage of a woman who's just in a devastating family problem. A family situation that she's in. Turn to Matthew 15. I will have the scripture on the screen, but Matthew 15 is where we're going to be uh, as Jesus is trying to get away. And this woman comes up in this passage seeking help because she is a hurting parent in need of help. And a little background before we get into the passage uh, Jesus is on a little vacation. He's left Galilee and he's gone northwest to Phoenicia which is modern-day Lebanon, and he's, he's on the beach. He's at the seaport city of Tyre, and he's gone to get some rest. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, Mark also has an account of this story, and in Mark's account, Mark 7, 24 through 30, verse 24 says, he entered a house and did not want anyone to know. So he's gone to the beach to get some rest and relaxation. And I don't know about you, but I could sure use that right now. He's gone to get away, get some rest, get recharged. But then that verse, 
proves that he can't truly get away because it says he could not be hidden. Word got out that Jesus was in town. And that's where we find ourselves with this passage this morning. So as we look at this first two verses, I want you to see this hurting parent. I want you to see that she is a desperate parent. And why is she so desperate? Look at verses 21 through 22. The Bible says, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew. There's the rest that he needed. And withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now, I know some of you are in some tough situations, but that's a desperate situation. And I want you to see the word. The Bible says the daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Text doesn't tell us how old this child is. Nor does the text tell us how long she has been oppressed by this demon. She is in a desperate situation. She's facing a problem with her child that she cannot fix. She's in desperate need of the Lord's help. So she comes to him. She comes to him. And that's what should happen every time when we're in those tough storms. You come to Jesus. Don't, listen, don't think you're smart enough, gifted enough to handle these severe problems in your life because you're not. You bring it to Jesus. You bring those problems to him. And what I love most about that is Christ invites us to come to him with our problems. One of, one of my favorite verses in all the scriptures, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, some translations say burden, and I will give you rest. You know, when you're in those tough situations in life and you're overwhelmed, stressed out, not sure you're going to be able to make it. Jesus says, come to me, Shannon. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This woman is a desperate parent a hurting parent with a child that's severely oppressed by a demon and she comes to Jesus with her problem. But not only that, I want you to see how she cries out to Jesus. And the Greek word used for crying in this particular verse means a, a shouting out in tears and sorrow, crying out to the Lord. This woman is following Jesus and crying out for the help that she so desperately needs in her life. She was heartbroken over the condition of her child and cries 
to get the help she needs. And I wonder how she knew about Jesus. This is a Gentile living not in the land of the Galilee or, or Judah. She's living in a foreign land. How does she know about Jesus? And why does she come to Jesus? And I think maybe perhaps one of the reasons is the word got out about Jesus when he was over in the country of the Gadarenes and there was a, a man possessed by a legion of demons living in a cemetery. And Jesus went and cast all those demons out of that man. And maybe she heard that story and now she is praying. Lord, if you can cast out a legion of demons, perhaps you can cast out that demon in my child. How many of you can identify with this woman? Desperate with her family? How many of you can identify with a, a mom reaching out for a child that's gone astray, making bad choices in life? Take a lesson from this woman. You bring it to Jesus. She brought her burden to Jesus because Jesus says, come to me. She cried out to Jesus in her despair. And mom, dad, don't you be afraid to cry out for your children. Cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Regardless of what you face in life today, the answer is in him. He can meet your need. He can forgive your sins. He can save your loved ones. He can do anything because he's God. Don't be afraid to cry out. He invites you to come, bring it to Jesus. He cares and he can help. And I love what Jeremiah said in the book of Lamentations. Not a book that we often quote from in church. But listen to this verse. Lamentations 2.19. Arise, cry out in the night. At the beginning of the night watches. Pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Lift your hands to him for what? The lives of your children. Mom and dad, you need to be crying out to the Lord. I, the picture I see when it says pour out your heart is those tears that flow. Oftentimes when your child is in a difficult situation and you are pouring your heart out to the Lord and you are crying for the life of your child or grandchild. And my question for you is, are you that desperate? Are you that desperate about what's going on with your family? Or are you like, well, you know, they'll figure it out. Well, I love what Vance Hadmer said. He said, the problem with unanswered prayer is that the situation is desperate, but the saints are not. This woman was in a severe family situation. She comes to Jesus. She is desperate for help. A desperate, hurting parent coming to Jesus, bringing her problems to Jesus, crying out to Jesus. I also want you to see she was a very determined parent. And this next couple of verses, uh, the only word I have for it are bizarre. This is a difficult passage when you first read it, but as you get into it, 
Wow, what a powerful passage. So let me, let me read for you these next couple of verses and um, offer a little commentary on that. All right, so verse, verse 22. The woman comes to Jesus and says, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. And look what Christ does in verse 23. But he did not answer her a word. What? Woman's crying out to Jesus and he's silent. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away for she is crying out after us. And then Christ finally answers and he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, I was sent for the children of Israel. This woman's a Gentile. So she's come to Jesus, begging, crying out for help. First she gets the silent treatment from Jesus. And then when Jesus does answer, he says, I'm not here for the Gentiles, I'm here for the Jews. It's what she hears. But she came, knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. I mean, this woman, after hearing those responses and those replies, could have easily walked away, but she didn't. She came to the Lord, knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. What? That's what I had when I first read this passage. What? And then she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Now, this is strange scripture. But boy, it's powerful when you dig into it. Let's, let's, let's unpack this a little bit and see what God may have for us as we look at this desperate parent and now this determined parent. She comes to Jesus for help. First, she gets the silent treatment and second, she gets some crazy responses. It seems like she's meeting resistance everywhere she turns, yet she persists with her request. And she's got obstacles in front of her, but I want you to see how she pressed through those obstacles. And I want to give you four real quick ones that she pressed through to show you the determination of this hurting parent. And the first thing she pressed through was race, the obstacle of race. She was a Gentile. And the Bible says not only was she a Gentile, she was a Canaanite. And we know from Old Testament, those were the people who inhabited the promised land before God delivered his children there. And we know a little bit about them. And they're unbelievably horrific religious practices they had of even sacrificing children. Just a horrible, horrible religion they practiced. And here's a woman who is a descendant of that cursed people. A Canaanite Gentile coming to a Jewish Messiah. So there's the obstacle of race. It didn't stop her. There's the obstacle of religion. Again, back in verse 22, she called out to Jesus, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. So again, here's a Gentile mother 
crying out to a Jewish Messiah, and she has no right to use the door of Judaism to come to him, calling him the son of David. And I think that's why Christ didn't answer her. So she's got the obstacle of religion, but she comes. Then there's racism. Because when the disciples see and hear this female Gentile, their message to Jesus was, get rid of her. We don't have time to mess with her and deal with her. She is a Gentile woman. We don't care for her. Get rid of her. And then there's the obstacle of just simple rejection. Because when you read this passage, Jesus speaks some words to this lady that appears hard to our ears. Harsh. First, Jesus just simply ignores her. Then he tells us his purpose is coming. Coming is for the Jews. And then she persists. And then she, Jesus tells her that she is a dog that does not deserve the children's bread. And now the disciples have rejected her. And it appears and sounds like Jesus has rejected her. Again, this woman could have easily walked away. But she didn't. I mean, some of you may feel like this woman. Instead of answers that you need, you're getting more obstacles and you're getting more problems to deal with. Your heart is heavy. Your heart is burdened. You're overwhelmed and discouraged. You feel like giving up with what you're going through. And I'm here to tell you this morning, don't you give up. You press on and you press on in Jesus' name. I love what Paul said. I press on. And Paul went through a lot in his life, his ministry. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This woman pressed through her obstacles because she was a determined parent. But she also persisted and her opportunity that she had with the Lord. You see, when you read this passage and begin to unpack it, you realize that the obstacles that were given to this woman by the Lord were placed, were placed there not to discourage her. Those obstacles were there and placed before her to develop her. Christ is trying to grow and strengthen her faith through what she is going through. And I want you to notice her persistence. Verse 25, the Bible says, but she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. Not this son of David stuff. She comes and she kneels before the Lord. And I can just hear the, the heartbreak in her voice. Lord, Lord. Help me. She humbles herself. She bows down to him, giving him the worship he so deserves. And he asked, she asked for help. And then Jesus responds in, again, a very strange way. He says, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, you need to understand that most Jews looked at Gentiles as dogs. 
And they looked at them as street dogs, these scavengers, these dogs that were dirty and filthy and unclean. That's how they viewed Gentiles. But the Greek word that Christ is using in this passage for dog is different. It's the word that means pet. A dog that's in the house. A dog that's part of the family. Now, I know for some of you, that's true. If you had something to do to your dog, you'd have to have therapy. Because you're so attached to that pet. And that's how Jesus is referring to him, but he still calls her a dog, a pet dog. And notice how she responds in verse 27. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. You see, she did not get offended by Jesus calling her a dog or a pet. She just wanted a crumb of his help. That's all. See, she believed that the Lord had the ability to meet her need. And she desired even just a small portion of his grace. Her faith in the Lord has grown now. She knows that even the smallest touch from Jesus would be more than enough. She knew the problem that she was facing was not beyond the Lord's ability to handle. Oh, we need that type of faith today. We must trust in the Lord like she did with all of our problems because we serve a God that is almighty and all-powerful and there's nothing and nothing he can't do and no problem he can't resolve. The Bible says in Galatians 3.20, he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power. Oh, what a great God we served. We served. He has a... A God who has unlimited power. He has power beyond our ability to comprehend. And here's this woman with this incredible problem, but for Jesus, it's nothing. See, just the smallest touch of his power in our lives is more than enough. And I love what Warren Wearsby said. Great faith is faith that takes God at his word. And will not let go until God meets that need. That is that determined, persistent faith that we need to have. Now, let me make sure you understand. God may not meet that need tomorrow. He may not meet that need in your life next month or next year. He may not meet that need in your life the next decade. God works on a different timetable. But I'm here to tell you, you keep praying. She persisted with her opportunity that she had to be before the Lord and she is crying out to him and we need to do the same. So this determined parent who was a desperate parent now becomes a developed parent as we read the last part of this passage. Verse 28, the Bible says, then Jesus answered her. Now, again, he's had these strange responses and replies. But then Jesus answers her, O woman, great is your faith. Be done for you as you desire. And her daughter was instantly healed. 
See, after bringing this request to Jesus and remaining persistent in her faith, Jesus replied in a couple of different ways. First, he gave a response, a response on her faith. Jesus had come to recognize the faith this woman truly had in him. Because he had tested her with both silence and harsh words, and she had risen to the challenge. Her faith has been strengthened in the Lord. And now he responds with, great is her faith. See, Jesus was not trying to destroy her faith with these crazy replies that we just read. Jesus was trying to develop her faith and grow her faith and mature her faith. He also gives her a reward for her faith. He reward her by giving her exactly what she asked for, a healed daughter. Again, we go to Mark's account. Mark chapter 7, verse 30. We realize that this mother is before Jesus and her daughter is not even with her. And when Jesus says she's instantly healed, she asks for no proof. She goes home. And in Mark chapter 7, verse 30, it says she went home and found, and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. I tell you, passages like these offer great encouragement because we're reminded of the power and the goodness of God. And I don't know the severity of the problem you have with your family, the parenting problem sibling problem or parenting your parent. I don't know the severity of the problem that you have in your life today, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus is certainly aware of it. And if you're struggling and desperate for a touch from him, come to him. He wants you to come to him in faith. Trust Jesus. Trust him to meet your need according to his grace and his goodness. James Merritt said, and I, I needed to hear this when I read it several weeks ago. He said, God's heart is kind at all times, even in my difficulties and my struggles. You need to understand, and I, I certainly do, and a lot of times when we get in those storms, things are tough. You kind of feel like God's just forgotten about you. God's not answering you. God's silent in all this, and you're overwhelmed, you're discouraged, you're stressed out. Remember, his heart is kind at all times. And he loves you. And that child of yours, that grandchild of yours, he loves them more than you can possibly even comprehend. Don't you forget about his goodness and his power. You know, for some of you this morning, I know it's true in the first service, I, I, I knew one lady for sure, uh, you may find this story difficult to hear. See, you prayed the same prayer that this woman did, yet you found yourself in a cemetery facing every parent's darkest night. How does this story help you or hurt? Jesus delivered this child in Matthew why didn't he deliver? Why didn't he deliver your child? And I can't possibly understand that question. I don't have a clue on that question. 
But I do know this. God understands your question. You see, God buried a child also. Death wasn't a part of his plan. He hates it more than you do. That's why he came into this earth, died on the cross, and on the third day rose again so that he could defeat death and conquer the grave because death is not the end. For some of you who lost a child, oh my goodness, what great reunion awaits you on the other side. I want you to take heart today and hear me. There is hope and there is help in Jesus Christ. He knows and understands and he has a heart for hurting parents. Master Cato wrote that God never dismisses a parent's prayer. Now listen, I've gone through scripture and looked for that. It's true. God never dismisses a parent's prayer. You keep giving your child to God and in the right time, make sure you see that in the right time and in the right way, God will give your child you. Now there are a lot of lessons that we can learn but I just have five that I want to highlight. Lessons that we can not only learn but apply to our life as we're going through these difficult times. And the first one is this. Never ever ever give up. Anything is possible with God. You know, in the first service, one of our members, Faye McCraven, she prayed for her son, not for years, for decades. And he came back before he died to Jesus Christ. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. As long as your child and your grandchild is breathing, there is still hope. Oh, don't give up. Anything is possible with God. Secondly, don't stop praying. And don't stop praying when God is silent. And that is hard, I know. When God has been silent for a long, long time, it becomes very difficult to keep praying. Sometimes we even rationalize in our mind, well, maybe this is just the Lord's will. You don't know the Lord's will. You just keep praying. And don't you stop even when God is Silence, Because God's silence is not an indication of God's unwillingness to meet your needs. God's silence oftentimes serves as a test for our faith and reminds us that he operates on a completely different schedule. Don't quit praying. God rewards persistent praying. Don't give up and don't stop praying. Third, worship God even when you haven't received the answer you want or haven't received an answer at all, you keep worshiping God. You know, it's easy to worship and sing praises when all your prayers are being answered and everything is going well. But praise becomes a sacrifice when you're still waiting on God's answer. You keep worshiping him. Number four, you cry out to God in desperate prayer. 
And again, I want to ask you, are you at that point of total desperation? Are you willing to start praying and keep praying and don't stop praying? You press into him with your needs and your problems and you wait on the Lord to work. And I realize that even a crumb of God's grace is more than enough. See, this mother realized something that we should all learn and that's this. With God, a little is always enough. She believed that even the crumbs of mercy that fell from Jesus' table were enough to save her daughter and she was right because Jesus instantly healed her. You know, in closing, just a couple things um, I want to mention. A um, couple things that I see about this, this hurting parent. And the first is this. This is not in your notes. Just listen. She was willing to suffer rejection and humiliation for her child to be delivered from a demon. She was willing. Willing to suffer humiliation and rejection for her child to be healed. And when you think about that, realize this, just in a short time later after this passage, Jesus Christ would suffer rejection and humiliation to save his children and deliver them from their sin. And I also want you to see the faith that was demonstrated by this woman, this hurting parent. I want you to see that it was a desperate faith that brought her to Jesus. She come to the end of her rope. She realized she couldn't do anything. In her, in her desperation, her faith brought her to Jesus. And then it was a determined faith that sustained her through the silence and rejection that she faced in the middle part of that passage. And then finally, it was a developed faith that brought deliverance to her family. See, Jesus wasn't trying to destroy her faith. He was trying to develop it. And he may be doing the same thing with you right now with what you're going through. Hurting parents, there is help and there is hope in Jesus Christ. He's the one who can not only deliver your children, he is the one who can deliver and save you from death and hell. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this passage. Uh, in the first reading, Lord, it's a, it's a strange passage. But Lord, as we get into it, what a powerful passage. Lord, I just want to pray right now for those in our church going through some tough times with some tough family situations that they are in. Lord, I lift them up to you. Some of them with children that are, have gone wayward and want nothing to do with the things of God, don't want nothing to do with church. Lord, they're in love with the world and it breaks our heart. So Father, I pray. I pray for each of those situations. Lord, I pray for a breakthrough in the lives of those children, grandchildren, 
adult children. Lord, you're God that does amazing things and we pray that you would do amazing things in the lives of these that have chosen to go a different route. Lord, pray for parents. Lord, I pray even in their stress and times of just overwhelm, Lord, that they just keep pressing into you. Oh, Lord, I pray they keep praying, not stop praying, keep praying, keep praying. And Lord, when they're just completely overwhelmed, don't know if they can go another day, Lord, remind us, you said, come to me, come to me, and I will give you rest for your souls. Father, we so desperately need you. The older I get, the more I realize I can't do anything without Jesus Christ. He is the answer. So, Father, again, pray that you'll move in a miraculous way in the lives of these. In Christ's name I pray, amen.